0: What if I told you growth happens after the collapse? What if I told you separately we are weak, but together we change the world? This is a personal development social experiment designed to grow the participants, the producer and the audience equally. This is 30 for 30. Welcome to the 30 for 30 podcast. I'm joined by my special guest this evening, Coach Van Malone. Uh, he's currently at Kansas State University. Uh, good evening, Coach Malone. How are you?
1: Hey, Coach. Great just great to be here, man. I'm excited to be a part of it.
0: Thank you, sir. Now, I've uh, I followed your career quite a bit, man. I know you were a high school coach at one time, just like myself, and you, you've advanced uh, throughout the years. Uh, you mind just giving us a, a little idea about your background?
1: Well, I... uh. Had opportunity, um, you know, to to play play football, you know, to play the sport, and and I actually had opportunity to play it at the highest level, and so uh, having all those great blessings, great opportunities, um, it, for me, just having, a, I, I wanted to give back, right? I wanted to do for some young man what a lot of people did for me and uh and so I decided to get into coaching and coached high school football at 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 uh Waltrip High School which is uh where I graduated from and uh while I was there I started to get uh, uh calls uh, offers to uh go and coach on the college level but I always turned them down just because I thought you know what uh, that's that those guys they they know it all that's not what I want to do and so I would turn them down and uh and then I started to question myself about doing that. And I said, you know, okay, I'm going to at least give that world a try. So the next opportunity I have, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I don't care where it is. I'm going to take it. So, so I'm going to talk through my career and my path and I'm going to skip some places. Uh, but I'm going to talk to, um, those, um, those experiences, which kind of have shaped me as a coach. So, um, I, I, I said that I'm gonna take the next job, no matter where it is, junior college to to you know, whatever university. Well, the next uh, month or so after I made that decision, got a call from Craig Bowl at North Dakota State. He was taking a job at North Dakota State, and he said, Hey, I think, I think you know, this is a great opportunity for you to come and get into college if you'd be interested in that. Where are we going again? north dakota state is that in the united states (laughs) and uh, so he explained the program to me and i was really impressed so i went home and i sold it to my wife i recruited her to make the trip with me and uh you know why is that important to 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 my story because i had a pretty good gig at conroe high school and um i was at waltrip left waltrip went to conroe i had a pretty good gig at conroe high School. And now I'm about to take an extreme pay cut. And my wife who was working and teaching, she's gonna not have a job, but but what she did is she got in the master's program at North Dakota State. And so I took an extreme pay, pay, pay cut, but was able to get her in the master's program. Now she, she eventually completed that, but it all started by us taking that leap of faith at North Dakota State, and so there are coaches out there who want to get into college, but, but they got it good where they are. You know what I mean? They got it good where they are, and it's hard for them to leave that comfortable position. Well, I left that position, and um, just one year later, just a few months later, I ended up taking another job at Western Michigan. Right? Why is Western Michigan important in my story? <clears throat> because when you coach, you got to realize you're going to be fired at some point, right? Well, when you're a young coach, you don't realize that. When you're a young coach, you're thinking of firing as failure, right? And so um, I, I, I was not going to ever be fired. But well, when I went to Western Michigan, we got fired. And so um, that's important in, in, in your progression as a coach because when you get fired, either you can hang in there or you can, or you can go do something else. Well, I always say this, God didn't give me the passion to coach to not have me coach, right? So, yeah, there are going to be some bumps along the way, but this passion that we have to coach is there for a reason. So that means that's what you're supposed to do. So I got fired and um, and ended up getting a, a job in North Texas, right? Well, that was a great opportunity for me. So I go to North Texas and uh, left there and ended up matriculating my way through a couple of stops. One, one job I took for nine days. Uh, another job that I didn't take, had an opportunity to coach in the NFL for an NFL team. I didn't take that. But I ended up going to Texas A&M. Stayed there for four years. And why is I'm going to talk about Texas A&M? That was important because there was a point in there where that staff got fired and I was the only one to stay. And part of that reason was is because when, when the staff got fired, um, what I set in my head to do was was I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to recruit. I'm going to continue to do the things that, that I signed up to do, and, and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. And I I ended up having the opportunity to stay, but I think it was because I did that, because I stayed locked in on, on what I was doing as a coach, coaching those players and recruiting the players that we were trying to recruit. And so I ended up being there for a while and, uh, uh, and met along the way. Now, there's a lot of names, a lot of coaches who have poured into me. And I can't mention them all, but, uh, but you know, had, had great, uh, people that I work with, great head coaches along the way. So I left Texas A&M and I went to the University of Tulsa. And uh, was at the University of Tulsa for two years. And then uh, left there and went to Oklahoma State and uh, was there for four years. And uh, from Oklahoma State had the opportunity to be a defensive coordinator at SMU. And during that time, uh, it's, it's good to, to pause and reflect on that period because in that time I was a, in a leadership position, um, the first uh, African American to be a uh, offensive defensive coordinator at SMU, and uh, so that was monumental for me. Monumental uh, at SMU, so so I really carried the in my mind the flag of doing things the right way, um, you know, for for my race, honestly, and so. Um, we, in the first two years in that program, we really had a hard time, but, but we were building something. And so uh, we had an opportunity in the third year to finally to get that team to uh, bold uh, eligibility. And, um, and so I was really happy for those kids that we recruited. And then uh, at that point, um, the head coach ended up getting a job. Uh, Chad Morris ended up getting a job uh, at Arkansas and uh, we are really happy for him to be, to be able to do that. But um, he didn't take the whole staff, and that happens in college football. And so at the time, you know, every, a lot of people were upset, you know what I mean? Um, but at the end of the day, you, you – you, I guess you have that right to be upset. But at the end of the day, I, I read somewhere that when people do things to you, um, you have to – you have to forgive them. If you don't forgive them, it really is like you drinking poison, but you expecting them to die, right? And so, um, so, so, I, and I had to learn that, right? I had to learn that. That that time was a tremendous growth in my life as a coach, but as a man, because throughout my career, I um, and I've I've had opportunity to be assistant coach of the year, the national assistant coach of the year. I've had an opportunity to coach on defenses, which were number one in the nation, I had an opportunity to lead the nation in, in different categories. Um, I've, For the most part, I've been a good guy. I've done things the right way. I've recruited hard, recruited well. I've spoken well. I've done all these things. And so I learned in that period of my life that that does not matter. What matters is, is what is the plan that God has for your life. And so I learned that. I learned that so so we see our lives through the peephole, right? We go to the door, you see, you only see what's right there, right? But but God is viewing our lives in our coaching terms from the drone view, right? He knows what's around the corner. And so so I had to learn that and I had to respect in that and uh and I had to understand that that my job is to just keep pedaling, right? I'm not steering the bike, right? Just keep pedaling. And so, uh, one story that I that I that I have to share is I was uh, I was speaking at the AFCA convention, and uh, uh, this is when I'm fired, right? This I like to use that term fired. Uh, this is when I'm fired. And you you spoke about listening to that podcast. Well, as I'm up on the stage. Um, I'm, I'm talking through things and they're using that word transition. No, no, no. I'm not in transition, I'm fired, right? So you you when you get fired, you have to you have to take that, right? You have to take that in because because what it does is it gives you a sense of urgency. You shouldn't be embarrassed on third down, sometimes you don't stop them. On third time, sometimes you don't convert, right? And so you have to be able to deal with that. You have to huddle your team up and you have to prepare for the next down because you gotta the game is gonna continue, right and so so I had to really internalize that, and that's kind of the way I've you know motivated young coaches with uh the reality of our job over the years. So um I sit up there on the stage and I talk all this this stuff about being fired and about not giving up on yourself, about how you're a good coach you just fired, right. And so I talked through all that. And well, when the program's over, my wife comes up to me and she says, you got well, I got a line of coaches that want to talk to me. But my wife says, nope, you got to talk to these people right now. So she pulls me away and I ended up meeting uh, a lady. And she said, coach, uh, a couple years ago, when I was a big time defensive coordinator, a couple years ago, I wrote, we wrote you a letter. And we actually wrote this letter to hundreds of coaches and only one responded, and it was you. And uh, what we were writing about is the fact that we were, um, we were fired. And, and we actually, when we wrote that letter, we were at the end of our line. We were at the end of the rope. We were ready to turn and go do something else. And you responded back to us, and you said, listen, just because you're fired doesn't mean you're a bad coach. Get your head up. Get to going. You're not a failure. Basically, all the stuff that I just got through saying on that stage as a fired coach so so that was so powerful for me to be able to tell these people something and then for me not knowing that they were for me to to live it right and for for them to be able to see me live it and so uh, I think it's so important that um you know that that we that we realize that that place that we hold high school coach college coach big time head coach we all hold a place in somebody's life right so you know when people they email me or they text message me or they call me man, I try everything I can to make sure it might not be timely but, but that I respond because that that instance showed me that somebody sends you a message, they could be on their last, you know, on their last hope. They could be hanging by a thread, you know. And so that taught me, you know, that lesson. So I left, um, ended up um, leaving the convention without a job, uh, but I ended up eventually getting one as an analyst uh, at, at Mississippi State. We had a great defense. We were number one in the nation in many categories that year. So. I was blessed to be able to be there again with great people, great head coaches, great opportunity to learn. And, uh, and so I left from there and ended up coming to Kansas State. And uh, again, with great people, uh, great head coach in Chris Klein, great athletic director in Gene Taylor. And, uh, and I just had the opportunity to be promoted to assistant head coach. And what that means to me is, is that I am well on my way, progressing to have the opportunity one day to live out my dream to be a head coach. Uh, and so I'm, I'm so thankful uh, for the opportunity that, you know, that that my staff, uh, and and my head coach has placed uh, on me.
0: Absolutely, I mean that's an incredible path. One thing that stands out to me, coach, is uh, you mentioned the importance of consulting with your wife on, on many of these things here. I, I've taken the tour of Texas as a high school coach, and I, I've been blessed to have a wife for 16 years to take that tour with me. Uh, how important is family uh, to you when, when it comes to making these decisions?
1: Well, when my kids were young, what we used to do is we used to gather them up and we used to, we used to trick them. Hey, now listen, we're gonna take a vote. <laughs> do you vote? Yes! Or do you vote no, <laughs> right? And <clears throat> so um, we, we would build up this new opportunity. And they, as little kids, they they really, you know, it, they'd be, it'd be a no-win situation or should say a win-win situation for us. But uh, So that's how we would pr- approach it when they were younger. Uh, but now that, you know, I have two guys in college and then one guy who's a freshman in high school they're not. They're not wanting to leave their friends, you know. And actually, the older guys are in positions where they're kind of, you know, they're kind of uh, in preparation to lead their own lives. When we actually came here to Kansas State, I asked my um, my son, who is uh, a, about to be a senior in North Texas, I said, "Hey, uh, you know, you got a great opportunity, to go. Kansas State. He's a journalism major. Kansas State has a great journalism program. You come on, man. We We can get you rolling over here. He's like, nah, Dad. Your recruiting spiel isn't going to work. I'm staying with the main green. And so, you know, for me, that was him. Now, now I I was able to recruit my middle son, who is a player on our team here and who happens to be a cornerback. So I get the coaching. Uh, But it's, over the years, it's been a a challenge at times, you know, the, the moving, right? But one of the things I've always tried to do is like we, we you referred to earlier. Is I always try to include my family in the decisions, right? And uh, if 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 the vote is, don't move, then then we don't move. You know, uh, of course I get that approved through my wife first. But then after that, um, you know, I use my recruiting tactics.
0: Yes, sir, and uh, I can tell you've been a successful recruiter. You've made some moves, and uh, it seems like it's all been, been for the positives. So that's a good yeah. thing, Coach. Uh, I have a, another question for you. Uh, as a As a young coach myself, my oldest son is about to be a freshman, and so I'm uh, about to get that same opportunity you just alluded to uh, of coaching your own son. Um, what are the pros and the cons of, of being able to coach your own child? You know, the,
1: the pros uh, for me, uh, have been man i you know sometimes i just i just look at my son i just watch him walk out there to go stretch and I, and I'm just proud of, of of him you know I'm just proud of what he's grown up to be uh, and that's that's definitely a pro when, when when i ask him a question and he gets it right right it's just like a parent sitting in the audience and her or his son they perform well you know on stage it's, you know but uh, but but I think a I also that's also a little bit of a con you know what I mean because of the fact that you want your kid to succeed and um maybe he's not as fast as another guy or maybe he doesn't know as much as another guy and so you are so entrenched on that part of it and so so it's hard you have to fight against that and so what I do honestly is um I don't I don't coach my son as as any different than I coach any of the other players on the team? I, I I really work hard to 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 treat them all honestly, all of them as individuals, and um, it's sometimes that's difficult, right? But at the end of the day, you know, I um uh, I, uh, I it's been okay for me, right? It's been a but it is quite a challenge.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm. I'm looking forward to that challenge. I know it's. Uh, it's been a long time coming, so that'll be a good thing. Well, Coach, I, one thing that always stood out to me. I, I've been following you on social media for years, and I know it's. It's not the, like I know you, but it's almost kind of like I know you. I, I, I see the things that you post, and it's. It's inspirational for young coaches like myself. And I know the the world we're living in is a little crazy right now. We got a lot going on. Uh, but there's some very important conversations happening amongst teams. Uh, It's happening amongst coaches and players. It's happening amongst families. Uh, How are you approaching these conversations as you're starting to have?
1: Well, I I think for me, it has, yes, definitely. We are having some, in some places, uncomfortable conversations. But, you know, uh, when you talk to kids in the weight room, you know, you talk to them about you can't get stronger unless you tear some muscle tissue. You know what I'm saying? You can't grow unless you grow. You go through these these moments, and uh, I, I always say that uh, you know it's important that 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 we are uh, okay. Well, I, I'll just say that uh, you know the, this moment that we're in right now it requires not charity but it requires solidarity, right? Uh, you know, we all have to realize that in order for us to affect true change, we gotta know that, man, some of these um, things we're dealing with in terms of social injustice, in terms of racism, they run deep. And so when you have people who are locked in with you, when you have uh, allies, uh, they, they understand that we gotta, you know, we gotta uh, lock arms and we gotta move forward together. And that, that, you know, there are gonna be ups and downs along the way. One thing I, I know about uh, our society, our world today, is that it's trendy, right? And it's, it's like microwave. Everybody wants it right now. And then once it's done, that's it. They're ready to move to the next thing. So I think th- that's where uh, we come with when we talk about solidarity. We talk about the fact that this is gonna be a long process that that people will not go you first of all you can't legislate somebody's heart you know you can't make rules to make somebody like somebody you know what i mean you can't make rules to to stamp out hate really the only way you stamp out hate is with love and the only way you you bring people from darkness is with light right and it said that in a book that i read one time um and so it's it's um What I try to do is approach it that way with my players, with my own kids and with uh, with people that I encounter is uh, understanding that, you know, man, it's it's an uncomfortable moment. Right. But if we can be uncomfortable now, we give ourselves the opportunity to be comfortable later. And, you know, when you you talk about uh, like black people uh, fighting for things, uh, honestly, they are. when I listen, everybody seems like they're just fighting for it. Equality. They're just fighting for a, a level playing field. They're just fighting for peace, right? And so, the thing I have heard is um, that when you when you when you make that happen for one group, you honestly make that happen for all groups. You know,
0: that's so true, Coach. Uh, it's one of those things where <clears throat> we we see all the unrest that's happening in the world. Uh, and I know it's it's almost cliched, but we don't see all those things happen when we're actually in our locker room about to take the field. And I, I want to be able to to convey that feeling of, of of teamwork and ownership with our players, and let them take that with them and spread that love into the community as they uh, as they go out and become young men. And it's uh, that's a hard thing to teach, but like you said, leading with love is how you do it. That's how you stamp out the hate. Yeah,
1: like I said, that, that's, that's really uh, with all of this, I, you know, sometimes you, you know, or I've heard people make this into a black versus white thing or white versus black deal. But, man, I, I just I just want right. Right. I just want right. When we talk about coaching. You know, we talk about uh, diversity in coaching. To me, I believe diversity equals strength. Right. If if you and I we wear red shirts and we only allow people who wear red shirts and only allow people who think just like us, that single-minded thought, I think we're limited, right? But when you have broad perspectives, when you have uh, uh, experiences through different eyes, I think there's strength in that. You know.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Coach, and. This will be – so, Coach, this is the first time I've done a series like this. I have three years' worth of podcasts I've put together and progressively gotten better and better. Uh, I got the idea of a 30 for 30 by a, a young man that's down at, uh, in Kansas, uh, Ed Jones. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I know him. Yeah,
0: I knew him. We were both high school coaches in Houston at one time. And so uh, he, he reached out to 30 people and had 30 conversations – uh, he didn't record them. He just he put those conversations together just to grow. And I said, man, yeah. you know what? I'm I, I want to do that. And as I started talking to more people, I started growing as a as a man. Uh, spiritually, I started growing as a coach. I started growing as a father. And I, I said, you know what? It's t- it's too good for me not to put it out there because somebody else can grow too. That's right. You know, coach, this is your uh, this is your thirty for thirty. I'm I'm proud to say I'm the first one to put your thirty for thirty out. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know they always had the taglines, they have the U, they have uh, broke. Well, this is Coach Van Malone's 30 for 30, so what would you title it? Uh, onward and Upward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, onward and Upward. Absolutely. Well, this is your 30 for 30, Coach. I really appreciate the time, and, uh, and I look forward to more mentorship. And uh, if I can help you in any way, Coach, just let me know. I'm, I'm going to be there to do it.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's a I think I think it's a great opportunity to to allow people to share, right? And uh, like you said, there's there's much growth and there's much development when we take the time to listen.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's that's a theme that our nation needs right now. Take right. the time to listen, Coach Malone. It's been a it's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot.
1: Have a good one. You
0: too.